In 2003, Nike signed 13-year-old Freddie Adu to a seven-figure contract. But Freddie didn't live up to the hype. He has turned down every single documentary project looking closely at the details of his career. Until now. People are going to look at everything you did because of the hype surrounding your arrival and what they think you can be. I'm Grant Wall, and this is American Prodigy, Freddie Adu, from Blue Wire Podcasts. A couple of weeks ago, we released an episode called Season on the Brink. This episode will be Season on the Brink, part two, as I welcome in a couple of guests today that you're very familiar with. What's up, Caps fans? Welcome to another edition of the Capital Building Podcast, part of Blue Wire Podcast. Download, subscribe, leave a rating, write a review, all the things that help get the word out about the most in-depth Capitals podcast out there. I'm your host, Rob Carlin, and I'm joined today by my good friends Tarek El-Bashir of The Athletic and Ben Raby of the Caps Radio Network to talk about the future of this league. And none of us are at the forefront of the reporting of the day-to-day that goes on between the owners who are now asking for more money back from the players and the players who are giving a giant FU to the owners right now. So we don't know the particulars. However, Tarek, I'll start with you. I keep saying this over and over. If there is a league that will find a way to shoot itself tragically in the foot, why is it always the NHL that does it? And is there any way you see a season not happening? You know, Rob, I I think you nailed it there. I mean, the the players and the owners have proven, uh, just in my 20 years of covering this league on and off, to be expert marksmen. In, uh, <laughs> in hitting their own feet with bullets. <laughs> um, that said, I, I do think in this instance, there is too much on the line. There's too much to lose and that they will eventually figure it out. But just like every other um, uh, calamity over, over how to divvy up the, the, uh, the finances, you start running into hard deadlines and we're kind of at that stage right now where, you know, with every three, four days week that goes by, you're getting further away from being able to squeeze in the full season. And then you get down to 70 games and then you get down to 60 games. And so we're, we're at that point where if, if, you know, there, there isn't some sort of an agreement here in the next, I, I would say the next five or six days, you're going to start, I mean, there's no way you can, you can pull this off for January one. You're sorry. You're, you're gonna start talking about the middle of January. Oh, I, I don't think it happens, but I don't think they could hit Ben January one right now. Like this is yeah. pro- this is like old school when I first started in the business and I was a producer. This is back timing and like literally getting all the players in from their respective countries to take a two week quarantine to take at least a two week uh, training camp. You're already very blown past January one. Yeah, what I the, the the area I've looked at all along, dating back to the start of fall for for a few weeks, for a few months already. I've 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 looked at late January, just in terms of if you look at the '95 lockout, they came back around Jan 18, Jan 20. You look at the 2013 lockout, they came back around Jan 18, 
Jan 20, whatever the next to last Saturday is of January. Mark it here, fellas. I'm telling you now, the next to last Saturday of January, whatever that number is, that's the day they'll be back. That, that, that's what I hope we see happen, kidding aside. And I say that because in the past, that's been sort of a, a moving target and that's, you don't want to get much past that. And I know on the back end here, fellas, they're talking about stretching it into July, which isn't a luxury they had during those lockout examples I gave you. But they're also looking at playing more than 48 games, which is what they had during those lockout years. Realistically, if you want a 60-game season, maybe 56 to 60, somewhere in that neighborhood, you got to get going by around January 20th. I've long thought that Jan 1 was a very soft, optimistic target. But about three weeks after that, that's really when you got to get going for a, a regular season to lead into a postseason that would bleed into July. Well, the, the one thing I'd, I'd like to say there is um, I, I do think there's there are certain ways you can expedite things. Um, uh, for one thing, the CDC has has changed its quarantine um, mandate, right? It, it's down now to seven to 10 days. And I believe the NHL um, has communicated to the players uh, that if you can test negative in like four consecutive days in a, you know, in, in like a, a week span, something along those ranges, you, you can actually reduce the, um, or, or four times in like eight days, you can reduce the number of days you have to quarantine upon, upon returning to your, your, uh, your playing city. Um, and you can also shorten the training camp. You don't have to have two weeks. I mean, good God. I mean, the, the Brian McClellan has, has had, his team has played eight games in nine months I'm pretty sure he's figured out who his lineup is going to be on uh, <laughs> on opening night. I mean, I got to imagine that there's not a whole lot of wiggle room on a lot. But of those teams that didn't make the playoffs, though, they get an extra week. You got to count for that. What's that? And, and they've also played only. So your point is they've only played eight games in nine months, so they know their lineup. But they've also only played eight games in nine <laughs> months. They need to get on the ice and skate and be healthy and. You know, get these guys have been shape. skating at a relatively high level wherever they've been. I mean, whether it's pickup games with other NHLers and college and junior players who are around. I mean, yeah, sure, it's not the same intensity level, but I think you know a seven to ten day training camp with one or two exhibition games should be enough. I mean, yeah, sure, you, you can make the argument that there there are a handful of teams, uh, seven of them, that, that haven't played since March. Um, it'll be a little tougher on them, but they stink anyway. So now they get an extra week, though. They get an extra week. They're not very good. The Red Wings, the Senators, you're right. <laughs> but they do get. That's been agreed upon, right? They get an extra week. And the San Jose Sharks are part of that group, too. And where are they training? Look, look, guys, I, I, I tend to agree with, with the sentiment that, 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 that Ben is sharing right now. I mean, look, let, let the players – uh, you know, figure out the the uh, the finances. Let the players spend uh, the Christmas at home, and then December twenty seventh, open camps. Do a compressed camp and get the season online. You know, January eighth, ninth. I, I I think, you know, as you know, Ben was saying, late the last Saturday of January. I think you can do it a little a little sooner than that. But like I said, it's got to. There has to be a deal reached here. We're we're at the third of December. It's gotta it's gotta be reached here in the next. Um, you know, probably four or five, six days. It can't go much longer than that. I, I think that's optimistic, Jan 8, 9. It is. The, it is. The, the, the devil's advocate I've been going with in my mind for the past few weeks is that when you think back to when the bubble announcement was made in late May, that kind of came out of nowhere. And I know that there are a lot of, you know, reports going on now about how very little is taking place in terms of progress. 
But I found the late May announcement about the, the summer bubble to be very out of nowhere, under the radar. There wasn't a whole lot of momentum leading into it. It just came and they had this elaborate announcement. When it's quiet, same, things are getting done behind and, closed and doors. And the same with the NBA last month. There was maybe a day or two of reports from the Athletic, ESPN, et cetera, that a 72-game schedule was on the way. But that also seemed to happen fairly quickly after not a whole lot of momentum leading up to it. So the devil's advocate in me who wants to be optimistic says, hey, maybe something will come out of nowhere, a little under the radar, and hopefully it leads to an earlier start. A couple of things that jump out to me about what both of you guys were saying. A, uh, Ben, you're always good at this, and I, I love the fact that you led with there were reports from The Athletic and ESPN. Like you stroked Tarek's ego that The Athletic is the leader in, in all that, which is very well oh, done. Yeah. And, okay. I know, and I know that he did it on purpose, so that's why I appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you, Ben. Um, yeah, so that's one. And two is the fact that we have completely, in this race to get us on the ice, whether it's optimistically January 8th or 9th, or probably more realistically January 18th or 20th, that we have completely glossed over the money. Like we don't have a deal. And as far as all the reporting goes, they're not even really talking. And I get what your point is that in, in silence, they're getting deals are, are being done, but there's, th this is a lot of money. This is, and it's they, all and, money. And this is all about money. Don't tell me this is about health. Oh, a hundred, no, a hundred, it politics in the mob and professional sports follow the money always. I get that. But to me, it seems like, and I, I'm pro player on this one. I understand that the billionaires are going to get crushed without having fans, especially in hockey where the gate is so important. But, you know, Tarek, to me, if I'm a player who's already, like we won, I don't, it, it's your fault that you gave a bad deal four months ago or whatever it was. We won that. Don't come back to me now and say, oh, wait a second, this is worse than we thought. No, we all knew this was going to be the case. So I don't understand why they would come back and say, we want more money back from the players that we're asking to go risk their health in the best of times, not to mention now in COVID. My suspicion, Rob uh, and Ben, is, is that a lot of owners agreed to the memorandum of um, understanding um, simply to get things done, to get, you know, to, to get the season back on track and, and to try to play the season to completion. And they knew that there was, there were going to be, there was going to need to be some haggling on the other side of this. Um, I, I mean, how much has really changed in the last four months? The border was closed four months ago. You, you know, I, I mean, the, I, I, you had to imagine that, a Canadian division was going to be needed back when this was being negotiated in the first place. Um, sure, the numbers have exploded again, but I don't think anyone realistically thought that the whole world was going to be vaccinated by, by December or that um, the numbers were going to be going in the right direction when every um, epidemiologist who was on television was going, oh, it's going to be a bad winter. I mean, if you were listening to the scientists, you knew that we were headed to this moment where the numbers were going to be higher, the vaccines weren't going to be quite ready, um, the border was still going to be closed. And, you know, I'm with you, Rob. I, I, I typically side with labor. That's just kind of how I'm, how I'm, uh, how I, my, my worldview. I know that's against Ben Raby's worldview. <laughs> I'm pro player here. I'm pro player. I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, and and so I I just I I feel like maybe 
it is all about money, but I do feel like they should have seen this coming. The owners should have seen this coming. And, and, and if they did, before, then why did they sign the papers? To get last season done, knowing that the, every single time this is come, they've had a problem, they've been able to crush the players and get what they wanted anyway. And it was like, all right, let's just get let's get this out of the way, and we'll deal with December. In December, we typically get what we want anyway. Let's just let's just sign off on this MOU and 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 you know get on with it. And 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 the thing that I look at too is just as Tarek is saying, we knew what the or we had an idea what the medical situation was going to be like come winter time. I say, did they not see what happened in Major League Baseball last spring with the players and the owners and how what could have been a 100-game season got truncated down to a 60-game season? And again, it was not because of the pandemic. I mean, it's all related, of course, but it was ultimately because of dollars. They weren't even talking about health when they were having their talks. It was all money. And when you saw the way Major League Baseball screwed itself up in terms of abbreviating the season, which the argument was, hey, maybe that's what some owners wanted all along, but it was an awful look for Major League Baseball. And you would think from just the sports perspective, you could look at the way that played out between the union and the owners. It was not well done. It did not look good. And as a sports league, as a union, as ownership, you tried to avoid, this is the exact same thing, very, very similar anyways, to what Major League Baseball went through last spring. Look, if we climb back out of the weeds, um, you know, with regard to how the money's going to be divvied up, the NFL is just powering through. Like, they're just going to get this done. The NBA is starting in, what, two and a half weeks. Um, Baseball finished without a bubble. It it would just look so horrible if the NHL wasn't able to get off the ground here and get some, you know, whether they start in bubbles, whether they start in home cities, just figure something out. I mean, we're in, you know, we're in unprecedented times. I mean, this is where leadership and compromise, um, I, I think, are, are paramount. And, I, and, and you would hope that they aren't the one league that isn't able to figure it out. Now, they, they, like, you know, like we've said, they are in a different position. They don't get as much television money. Fans' butts and seats matter a whole lot more for hockey. But, I mean, you know, here in D.C., guys, the Washington football team just whooped the Cowboys on national television. The Wizards just traded – John Wall for Russell Westbrook. I mean, I haven't had interest in the Wizards in ten years. I I might go to a game next year. I mean, I think if I can, like I'm gonna, I'm, I'm interested. I mean, Westbrook is a compelling figure. Um, and the Caps, it's been, you know, it's been crickets since they signed Trevor Van Riemsdyk. Like how many months ago? So I like they have to get back on the board. I mean, they, they got to get something. I the, the loyalists will always come back. You know, the diehards will always come back. But you gotta. If this drags out or, you know, becomes, you know, if January becomes February and they still haven't figured things out, man, you might be losing some fans in a sport where, let's be honest, you can't really afford to do that. 2020 has certainly reshaped how we work and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical and Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site, according to ComScore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly, so you focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job. 
making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. 73% of online job seekers in the U.S. visiting Indeed each month, according to Comscore total visits. So it's clear Indeed can help you get the quality hire you need. That's why more than 3 million businesses worldwide use Indeed for hiring. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit as Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Football is indeed back in full swing, and we are getting towards the playoff chase. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BlueWire at betonline.ag. That's BlueWire, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. And, you know, the, the part of it too is. You know, you look at it and you go, um, yes, the, the diehards are always going to come back. And, but wh- whoever has complained about baseball, right, and, and at every right, and when the games were being canceled and one team had played 22 games and one team had played five games, and everyone's like, what a joke this is. Why don't they just shut it down? And the, the NFL has to push their Thanksgiving Day extravaganza with the Ravens and Steelers back to a Wednesday afternoon because of the lighting of the tree on NBC. Like I, I, you know, but, and, and, and a lot of friends and fans are saying like, seriously, like, why don't we just shut it down? Is this really worth it? Yeah, it's really worth it. This is important. A, there's millions of dollars, if not billions of dollars at stake. And B, this is what people look forward to. It's important to the country to have these games. And if you're a hockey fan, Ben, you want to know that there's a Wednesday night rivalry game to watch. Like you want to know that on it's hockey night in Canada. Like it's important to people and get it on the ice, whether it's in a bubble, whether it's in a home arena, figure it out, leave a week at the end in case games need to be made up or they won't be made up and someone's going to bitch and moan that they had more games and more points. Fine. But we got to figure it out to get on the ice. It is too important. And I, I, again, billionaires losing millions sucks for them. I get it. But if you're going to jeopardize the entire sport and the interest in the sport in the name of the money in this short little window of the world being where it is, it is just so short-sighted and it will continue to affect the sport ever having a chance in this country. And to that point, there's a lot of potentially interesting storylines this coming year, which I feel like are barely even being talked about or acknowledged because number one is just, hey, when are they coming back? And, you know, what, what's it going to look like when it comes back? But to your point, with, with how the league is going to look this year, with the divisions, with the schedules, with the storylines, with Ovechkin's continue to pursue in these parts to, you know, inching closer to, to you know, passing the, the names and getting closer to 800 goals eventually. 
Um, you know, there's, there's certainly a lot to look forward to. And to Tarek's point, out of sight, out of mind is, is the way you could think of the NHL. Unfortunately, where this is what we do and we and ourselves, you know, we're in a little bit of a bubble perhaps, but certainly when you're talking casual sports fans in this country, uh, yeah, need, needs to be there. And to that point, fellas, part of the bigger story with the NHL is with a new TV deal coming up after this season, you got to have something to sell. You got to have something. You got to have your product because, again, out of sight, out of mind, it would be very, very a lost opportunity and lost dollars if, if there isn't a season because then you're unable to capitalize on the other side of this, going into an Olympic year, going into a potentially new TV deal with ESPN. You got to have something to sell. You got to get them on the ice this year. Hey, reverse retro. <laughs> there are new jerseys, yes. <laughs> What, by the way, what did you guys think of those? I, I like the Caps jersey. So, I'm glad you asked. Okay, great. <laughs> so, I really dig the colors and the sentiment and the idea. But the one thing, and no one ever asks me this, but the one thing that could have made it perfect in my mind was if you had taken that really cool dome logo with the cross hockey sticks and made that the main crest and put the screaming eagle on the, on the shoulder, in my uh -huh. opinion, it's perfection. Loud I disagree with that. So loud I goat. The, I like the logo. No, see, I'm with I'm with Tarek. Loud goat. I had him on when the retro reverse were were released. So I had loud goat and the man in red on a podcast, and loud goat said the same thing. And I hadn't thought about it, but I was like, yes, yeah, that would have looked sweet. I mean, honestly, I, so the red is cool. The rock, the red. I mean, I know that was a big part of the revitalization of the franchise and everything, um, but. You know, having been a lifelong Washingtonian who's watched this team since the 80s, my favorite jersey, besides the 2018 outdoor game at um, at uh, Navy, but those are those are pretty sweet, was the black one with the dome. I just thought that looked cool. That's my that's my least favorite. You're crazy uh, on, on on the power rankings. And you're wrong. I'm in the minority. I like the 97-98 Eagle that got them to the to the cup final the first time. So I like the Eagle with that old color Just scheme. put it here, put it here. But I like that old color scheme. I know I'm in the minority on oh, it. Oh, no, no, I no, 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 no. I can't even tell you what color it is. What, what, is, that, is, that a, uh, is that turquoise? I don't even know what color it is. I can't even tell you. It was you like teal color. or something, yeah. Yeah, 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 we'll go with teal, uh, which I know was very 90s. But the Eagle that they're bringing back now, I like that with the original color scheme. It's also too big. Like, isn't the Screaming Eagle too, like, big? Like, I feel like it's – like, it pushed the C to the other – like, the captain's C to the other side of the jersey. Like, if there's – if you're going to go with the Screaming Eagle, it should have been 20% smaller. I know we're splitting hairs here, but um, – and, and also, like, let's be honest, guys, the San Jose Sharks had the, had the killer re reverse retro, right? I mean, didn't they have the best one? No. I totally disagree. I totally disagree. Okay. Wait, who did, wait, who did you say? You say San Jose? San Jose. I love oh, San Jose. I'm sorry. I, my mind immediately went to the Anaheim Ducks. And, <laughs> oh, no. And the cartoon. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. Like, in my head, that's, that's where I went. Oh, and I, I could not. That was my least favorite. <laughs> that was my least favorite. I could not hate those anymore. It, yeah, no. So the Sharks was good. There were, there were a couple of really nice ones. I mean, I mean to me, the Avalanche. Minnesota oh, yeah, nice. Avalanche good, yeah. The Avalanche was was the ultimate one to me. But I, I like the Caps one. I'm not a, a guy who buys jerseys. Like, a, I, I know I'll probably piss off some fans, but I'm a guy who's like, grown men shouldn't wear jerseys. But <laughs> that's the whole separate argument. And I'm sorry if I, 
yeah, uh, sorry if I offended anyone, but um, I think it's crazy that A, no one consulted Tarek, and B, that they didn't put, because to me, like the Capitol building, I just think, and it's one of the reasons why I chose that to be on my logo for the podcast. Like to me, nothing screams Washington DC more than that Capitol building. I used to leave games at night and drive by, go like an extra couple of blocks to get mm -hmm. onto 395 just mm -hmm. to, drive by it because it's just such a like a to me it's like a majestic looking building G going to it's so funny to say because going to capital one for games i actually intentionally go down pennsylvania avenue take a left on seventh so i so i can get that centered view of the capitol dome right before turning into the building i love it i love I'm, it so i'm the that's same as you rob on the way home on the way home it's to the left i yep. don't go out of my way to drive right by it but I'll look out the window. I'll take a peek on the left. Remember when we used to be able to go to games? It was a good time. But we used to look at the left, and yeah, at night it was all lit up, and yeah, always. So, not to hijack this conversation, but um, I'm pretty good at doing that. Uh, all you I need to do is drop your name in, in third person and we'll have the complete Tarek experience. So Tarek was thinking, no, um, <laughs> earlier today, I, I read an article that was talking about perhaps making up for some of the lost revenue by putting small ads on the game jerseys. Everyone else does it. Is it time? It might be time. Not every time. I figure it's only a matter of time. I mean, they already have a MedStar Capital something on their practice. on their practice jersey. Put a, make it ten percent bigger and put it on the shoulder of the game jersey. That doesn't bother me. It Montreal Canadiens had Subway restaurants on their practice jerseys last year. Practice yeah. jerseys is one thing. Like ba I agree. baseball, baseball doesn't do that. Football doesn't do that. Yet. 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 So this is where you want hockey to be at the forefront? <laughs> like, no, I, I'm, I'm just saying, I, I mean, it, you know, it might be time to get creative. I mean, it might be time right. to try, you know, to, to – I don't know how many millions of dollars it would it would um, uh, benefit teams and the players to, to start putting small ads. But as long as it doesn't become like the Euro Leagues where there's like a million ads right. like on the ice and like everyone's got 45 stickers on their helmet, as long as it doesn't get to that point, I'm okay with a with a small shoulder patch and maybe something on the pants. And I'm, yeah. I'm surprised it hasn't already. I almost feel like that's the you know in case of emergency break glass. That, we're there. I think we're there. Yeah, this is an emergency. Yes, we're we're, we're getting there. And then the other thing too, again, you you hope it's not too too much. It's not overblown, but there's always room for more on the ice. You know, where we're inside the blue line where they put the thank you fans or Stanley Cup playoffs. There's a spot inside both blue lines. Yeah. There could be more. I mean, they've already expanded behind the net. There's more the past couple of years they added behind the net. I'm with you. You don't want to see that as purists as, you know, you don't want that to get in the way with watching the game, but millions, it's a lot of money. Right, right. No, I, again, follow the money. I know I just said it and here I am fighting it, but I, 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 I don't like that look of just having, cause it, cause you know, it's like, you can't put the, toothpaste back in the yeah. you know, like once it's it happens yeah. it's just going to start littering the jersey uh, again, the, the nba i found it was less distracting than i mean. thought they had it in the nba the past year or two yeah it was it was a lot easier on the eyes than i actually pictured it being as long as you don't get sony right here or hitachi like right there i'm okay with it well there eventually there'll be a you know, like a new expansion team where that's just going to be the team name. It's just going to be, they're going to sell the team name. Red and Bull. That'll, right. Ex exactly. Exactly. Uh, there was also a, a story. This is where I thought you were going with that, Tarek, about, I guess this is an Elliot Friedman thing of potentially playing more outdoor games 
uh, I hadn't, I haven't seen the story you just told me before we started doing this. So this is like adding sort of on the regular outdoor games. So how, what would be the number of outdoor games they're looking to add? Well, the story I saw said it was just being discussed at the league and team level. So it doesn't sound like anything's, you know, like there's a whole lot of momentum for it. It's being discussed. I, I think um, the league, uh, reading a Pierre Lebrun article that came out a little while after that was um, the league kind of sent out uh, some feelers and wanted to see where teams were in terms of, hey, would you be willing to play some outdoor games if we could get some fans in the stands? And it sounds like, you know, Pittsburgh, Boston, and some other, and uh, Carolina and some other teams answered yes. Uh, the, the Capitals, it sounded like, were not interested, um, which, which isn't a huge surprise. I, I just don't know if that's the answer, guys. I, I, I think that, you know, I, I actually went to the Washington football game when they had the 3,000 fans in the building and walked around all day talking to fans. I wrote a story about the fan experience with 3,000 fans in the building. I felt like there were more ushers than fans. I mean, that's expensive to, to, to do it that way. I'm, I'm not sure that's going to be the answer. I also know, I also suspect as a player, I don't want that. I mean, could you imagine if you're in Carolina where in the winter it rains every other day, like you're constantly, like not only are you getting ready for it, looking, looking at the radar going, hey, are we playing tonight or is this getting pushed to tomorrow? I mean, it's outdoors. I mean, how many, how many winter classic games have been affected by weather? I mean, do you remember the Capitals-Penguins games at Heinz, at Heinz Field years ago was pushed from the day to the night because of rain, which was great for me because I was massively hungover from the night before. And, uh, <laughs> but that's a story for another day. I mean, I um, uh, yeah, car bombs with um, with Dan Steinberg. That'll do it. <laughs> um, I, I don't I don't know if that's something as a player I want to go down that road. I mean, you can also just think about the other things. I mean, you know, I remember when remember when Sidney Crosby got the injury, he got clipped by Dave Steckel. You know, Crosby never really came out and said that, but you know, the angles and the lighting, it all kind of played games a little bit with with depth perception. Crosby never gets hit. He never gets clipped like that. And, you know, they're playing at night in the rain. There's rain on the visors. There's all sorts of things. There's soft ice where you can be straining groins because the ice isn't very good. If I'm a player, I'm going, uh-uh. I don't want any part of that. Well, the, the, the way I read that article, too, the original Friedman report, was he seemed to be suggesting there were four teams, Pittsburgh, Boston, and both the L.A. Kings and Anaheim Ducks, who it sounded like, based on the report, they weren't talking about a one- or two-off right. war game. They were potentially talking about moving home games. Yeah. Plural into an outdoor stadium. And then the counter argument that the union would have to sign off on is then you have some teams playing indoors, some teams playing outdoors. And how does that change as well? The dynamics of, uh, uh, you know, practice oh, advantage. Yeah, sure. you know, if, if you're, if you're going on the road and, and you're playing a three game road trip and one of the games is indoors and two of the games are outdoors, you know, it, it, it changes as far as team dynamics. So there were, there were a lot of, a lot of moving. I, I, I guess, but it's not like these guys are packing their own bags and figuring out their equipment. And, you know, it's, this isn't a, a mom and dad loading up the truck. I'm like, Oh, are you kidding me? How many different <laughs> venues do we have to load up here for? I mean, this is, it's all taken care of for them. Again, I'm for do what's best for the sport. And that is pushing through and making sure that this, season gets played this sport cannot afford yeah to to shoot itself in its foot with its marksmanship ability to do that again and you know if it if it means playing some games outdoors in la or a game that has to get pushed back to the night or that 
Look, again, the Ravens and Steelers, the best rivalry in the NFL, got played at 340 on a Wednesday afternoon. And That's it was probably a, a good thing. Less people saw it. It was right because it was a terrible football game. But you know what? The Steelers got another win, and the Ravens took a loss. They're, like, they still played the game. And that's the NFL figuring out that if we have to play a game on a Wednesday afternoon, we're going to play the damn game on a Wednesday afternoon. And here's hockey going, I don't know if I want to play on an outdoor or indoor. or uh, It could be a little tough. Play the games. Get on the ice. I, I'm, I, I'm pro player, but ultimately get it done and get on the ice. And I think it will, but the fact that we're even at this point is amazing to me. Amazing. That's, that's, foot, that's hockey, though. All right, guys, I, I, uh, I appreciate you guys coming on to uh, sound the alarms that I think what we figured out here is that Ben is anti-fun because he likes the Caps old uniforms and uh, that no one else likes. Teal. The teal uniforms. Sure, we'll go with teal. And, uh, and Torek still likes to refer to himself in the third person and consider his stories the best stories of any stories. Because somehow he dropped into getting drunk with Dan Steinberg's story. <laughs> and that's what we like about Tari. That's what we like. That's back when covering, uh, that's back when we actually got out of our homes to go cover sports. Right, got on Those planes. Got on planes <laughs> and went to hotels. And we all, we all crowded into bars and did shots together. It was fun. Those were the days. But now I can't even picture it. Like I, can't, I can't even picture doing any one of those things I just know, rec, uh, talked about. All Dude, of it sounds scary. I, I was writing something the other day. I had to look up jersey numbers for the Capitals. Like, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't remember what number Jonas Siegenthaler wore. I was like, wait a minute, 39, 36, 34? That's how out of, like, out of practice we are. Come right. back, hockey. We need you. Right. I, I was typing Jonas Siegenthaler, and my phone didn't even <laughs> autocorrect it anymore. Like, it used to use autocorrect. Now it's like, who? I've never heard of this person. Uh, well, hopefully they'll figure it out and get on the ice sooner rather than later. Ben Ravey from the Caps Radio Network. Tarek El-Bashir from The Athletic. Thanks so much for your time. Again, please remember, download, subscribe, leave a rating, write a review. It all helps get the word out about the Capital Building Podcast, part of Blue Wire Podcast. I am your host, Rob Carlin. We will talk again soon, and let's go Caps.